I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Please be advised that Gen X This Is Why contains adult language. And let's paint, not paint the saloon girl with a syphilis brush, shall we? Hi, and welcome to Gen X This Is Why, the podcast where we re-examine the sometimes bizarre and often scarring media of our shared childhood. My name is Amy, and I'm a proud Gen Xer born in the best year ever, and that is on record, 1977. And I'm her sister, Jenny, born in the shitty-ass year of 1974. (laughs) Actually, 1977 was the year Elvis died, the summer of Sam. It was not a good year. There was no good years in the 70s. (laughs) Although I came into the world, and that fixed everything for mom and dad anyway. All right, Jen, what's going on? Anything? Stop, guys. We have to address (laughs) Jenny's notebook. I can't with her. You should hear me editing. Oh, my God. It's so much. Why are you writing on graph paper? Shut up, okay? I need to write on graph paper. You work in tech. You should be ashamed of yourself. That's why I'm using graph paper. Where do you think I got the graph paper? I don't know. I just remember when we were kids, Dad was obsessed with graph paper. I am, too. I caught the obsession with graph paper. Jenny, do you want to talk for a minute about how obsessed you and I are with office supplies? Oh, yeah. We used to go to, like, we would go to Office Max for, like, four hours. <laughs> I would be in, like, in the notebook aisle for, like, 45 minutes just I, comparing notebooks. I spend six months picking out a planner, and then I don't use it. <laughs> I know. Like, I think the last planner I bought was, like, three years ago. Actually, no, I bought one during the pandemic because I thought I would, like, Mm-mm. I don't use it to, like, plan my calendar anymore. I use it to, like, keep track of what I'm eating or, like, when I'm working out. I was doing this during the pandemic because, like, what else was I going to do? Yeah, right. No. And then I do that for, like, a month. And, and then, then you don't just use it anymore. There. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it's, like, the the thrill of just picking it out. <laughs> okay. Wow. All right. Have our lives gotten so pathetic that the thrill of picking out a planner is, it's- like, what gets us excited? It's not even that. There's a new, and this is why I think academia is so perfect for me, because there's a new promise. Every time you get a new tablet yeah. or planner, it's like a restart. And that's like the beginning what, of the year. Yep. That's what academia gives me. Like twice a year, I get to like start over. No, and I don't have so that. Nice. I just have like all hell runs together into every <laughs> single year endlessly. That's what I have. Although I will say, not a great time to be in academia with this freaking COVID. <laughs> That's true. I'm teaching with a 
an N95 mask on, which I don't mind, but don't forget that I'm, as many of the Mimis know, partially deaf, and I rely a lot on lips and lip reading to hear. And to... So you would say you you lead <laughs> <laughs> lip read? I do a little bit. and Well, it's a cue. It's a visual cue. Right, and you don't realize how much you depend on that until you mm-hmm. can't do it. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, it's tough. All right, Jenny, so... I've done all the stalling I can do. We need to get into this episode. <laughs> okay, I don't know why we were stalling. I'm stalling because I hate Manly so much. Oh, I God, don't even want to talk about it. Real quick note, have you gotten to season three of Goliath yet? I already watched all of season three. It's weird. It's so good. I'm on season four. Season four is weird. Okay. But I just started it. I'm only like two or three episodes I feel like in. season three is weird. I really like it. With Dennis Quaid and... Well, the nice thing about season three is they start to tie things together. Yes. yes. So, like, you feel like season one was the thing, season two, and now mm-hmm. you start to see how, like, a lot of these things come together, yeah. which is really good. Still, it's, I just love that show. It's so good. I love it, too, and I'm still madly in love with Billy Bob Thornton. Oh, my God. I love him. Yes. Love him. Okay. All right, Jenny. So, today we're looking at season six. I think it's the finale of the season. It is the finale of season six. Mm-hmm. It's episode 24, Motherfucker Loves Me, Loves Me Not, <laughs> part two. Jenny, description? To keep her mind off of Almanzo's extended absence, Laura pitches in with Mary and Adam's new blind school and sleepy eye. Meanwhile, in an attempt to conceal a secret from Laura and her family, Almanzo falls dangerously ill. Not ill enough. Were you rooting for pneumonia? (laughs) Were you rooting for pneumonia? I was rooting for COVID. (laughs) All right, guys. So in the beginning, we get a recap of the shittiest scene ever. Let me remind everybody. Wait, can I just say written by, directed by Michael Landon? Let me remind everybody, Manly pretty much says to Laura, run away with me, pick between me and your pa. And then when she says, um, no, psychopath, I'm not ready to do that, I'm 16 years old, he's like, guess you're a baby anyway. Okay. Oh, God. All right. There's so much, so many problems with that. So we open on the new blind school and Sleepy Eye. And Jen, in the recap, I missed the scene where Almanzo saw her in Sleepy Eye when she was renting out the blind school. Did you see that? Yeah. I didn't yeah. see that. I didn't know. Okay. Must have zoned out or I was flipping out in a rage. <laughs> okay. Laura is cleaning and Houston is following her and yelling at her. <laughs> okay. My hand's up and says, Jenny's go. Can we discuss that Houston was either going to become like the custodian of the blind school and like become normal or murder teenage girls? Because, like, that's the vibe he has. Okay, can we discuss his accent? Y'all dang-gong woman cleaning up this dang-gong place. They're trying to replace season one Edwards with that. It's Yosemite Sam. Weird accent. And can we discuss that he is wimpy from the Popeye series? Oh. You know, the the guy with the little tiny hat? Wimpy? Does he eat, does he eat cheeseburgers? Yes, I think okay. I think he's cheeseburger adjacent. It's funny you say that because <laughs> cheeseburger adjacent. <laughs> what the fuck does cheeseburger adjacent mean? No. Like I feel like I'm cheeseburger adjacent all the time. I wish I was cheeseburger adjacent right now. No, listen. Okay, here was my thought process. Gee, this guy reminds me of somebody. Some cartoon character with a little hat, and I feel like cheeseburgers are involved. <laughs> so I looked up the McDonald Land characters, thinking he might be in there. Oh, like wait what mayor mcmayor yeah and i'm like no that's not it that's not it and i'm like oh wait i think it's popeye but why did i first think of cheeseburgers 
Did, did you know that, that Donkey Kong was supposed to be a Popeye game? What? Donkey Kong was supposed to be a Popeye game. It was supposed to be Popeye, Bluto, and, and Olive Oil. Oh. And they lost the rights to it and then had to create all the characters for Nintendo. Do you remember the Popeye game? It was the one where he's chasing the hearts around. It was fucking terrible. It was terrible, and we died all the time. <laughs> Do you remember Aunt Ree and Uncle Joe had it? Yeah. We didn't have it. It was on a, their Atari. Just for Atari. Yeah, because you and I had Coleco. We had Coleco, but then they had, like, an Atari with, like, a Coleco adapter. It was so fancy. It was, like, a thing that plugged in, and you could play Coleco games they were, on it. They were a young, childless couple. They could afford yeah. shit like but that. But they never played video games, but we just went crazy on it. Yeah, we just went up to their house and did Do you that's remember? Where, that's where we played Excite Bike. That's where we played Excite Bike. I played Excite Bike not too long ago with you. We just played it. It sucks. It's terrible. It's fucking terrible. <laughs> Guys, I literally played it for a minute and I was done with it. Okay. It was horrible. So anyway, I'm like, what is this accent? He looks like Wimpy but sounds like Yosemite Sam. You're right, Jenny. Y'all dang woman cleaning up this dang place. Okay, now Laura's outside and Manly comes up to her and he's just like, oh, hey, Beth. What's up? It's me, Manly. Like, nothing ever happened. Like, you didn't give me this fucking ultimatum, you douchebag. And he's like, I'm living here now. And I'm like, fuck you, dickbag. <laughs> That's what I would have said. I mean, I feel like Laura wouldn't have said that. But. Well, I have. She's all like, fuck you, dude. He's living in Sleepy Eye now, and he got a good job at the general store. Well, and he has that creepy-ass smile plastered to his face, as per usual. Cause, yeah, because he's dirtbag. <laughs> he's yeah. making small talk. How's Mary? How's your family? She's like, what the fuck, dude? Are we going to pretend this didn't happen? Well, then you notice how she asks how he's doing and he just, like, dodges the answer? Like, why? You seem to have a magical, wonderful life all of a sudden. I know. So then she says, well, I'm just letting you know. In two weeks, I'm coming here for a while and I'm going to hang out. Manly goes, I'm surprised your pa's letting you out of his sight that long. He loves you so much. Oh, Laura boy. says, Laura, in a sick burn, says, well, I've been out of your sight that long, and you were supposed to have loved me. That was a sick burn. Sick burn. And then Manly says, you made that choice, not me. And she goes, you didn't give me any choice. Can you tell I wrote this verbatim? <laughs> Good comebacks. I thought she had great comebacks. Manly says, that's just great. I'm glad you'll be back in two weeks. It'll give us a chance to argue. And she says, don't come around, and we don't have to argue. Now, Jenny, I have a question for you. Who do they think they are? Maddie and David? Okay. Are you getting that right? Oh, moon, moon, moonlighting. Moonlighting. No. <laughs> no, I do felt you like remember? I've been wa- maybe I'm watching Goliath too much, but I'm like these guys should be lawyers. <laughs> do you remember Maddie and David like that's all they did was bicker? Yeah. Was and then way. do you remember the the episode where they finally had sex? Yeah. But it, it was took like, like 5 years. It was like this whole lead up like will they yeah. won't they will they do these does Michael Landon think he's writing moonlighting? The couple I liked better than Maddie and David was um, Scully and Mulder. Oh, yeah. Well, I liked that dynamic But they came better. much later. Yeah, that was much later. Was I it? loved Bruce yeah, was Willis in Moonlighting. Oh, my God. Okay. But then we also had, what's his name? From summer school, Mark Harmon. Remember, he came in and played Maddie's uh, You have interest. this Mark Harmon thing. I do. God. I do. <laughs> okay. All right. So then Wimpy from Popeye comes out. And he's like, God dang it, young little lady, you come in and sweep a neep a weep a deep. Like, what are you even talking about? Is it Yosemite Sam? Is it, oh, I don't understand what it is. I blame that on the writer and the director. Okay. He says, Mr. Pim wants to talk to you. 
Now, Mr. Pym owns this building. He wants his rent money. And I wrote, wait a minute. They're doing all this work without having paid the rent. They're doing all this work without having a lease signed, I think. Oh, my God. So Laura says, look, I'll have the money next week. And then she argues, not like you can rent this place in a week anyway. Why? Well, it looks like it was Why sitting. Can't he? It looked like it was sitting abandoned for years, Aim. Yep, it's just a dick move. Like there's there's not a bunch of people banging down the door to like rent a two thousand dollar month place or whatever the equivalent of it is today. Well, she should have given them half. If it was in North Brooklyn, it was two thousand dollars. People would be banging down the door. <laughs> he says, "You make sure you have that eighty bucks by Saturday afternoon." She's like, "I'll have most of it, but not all of it." And then she's like, "Dude, the kids are arriving by then." And they're blind. Come on. Jem, Mr. Pym, don't give a fuck. She should just be like, fine, then we're not renting it, and I will send you my invoice for all the cleaning that we did. (laughs) So Manly's watching all this. Okay. Like a a creepo. Like, I feel like if, if, hey, I was, everybody. if I was sitting with somebody and some business deal was going down, I would walk away and not eavesdrop on it, standing right there looking at it. Jay, next time I'm negotiating something with my tenant, I'm going to have you come over. Yeah, I'm just going to stand there and look at them. <laughs> now we see me. Wait, then Laura looks at him and goes, goodbye, Elmont. <laughs> Why are you here? Why are you still here? Now we see Manly heading over to his job at the general store, and the store owner is advertising a job for ice delivery because some rando got hurt doing this job and is on bed rest. Which later I see why they got hurt, because it looks really hard. It's hard. So Manly's like, I want to do this. I want to do this. And the dude's like, you're going to work 3 a.m. to 10 a.m. and then start here at 11? You're going to kill yourself. And Manly's like, I could do it, sir. I'm strong. I can handle it. And boss well, we is like, the, all right, whatever, the, dude. We know the theme of working everyone to death was just, like, yeah. that was a- admirable. Right? really is. It really is. And this is something that season two Charles would have done. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Now we see Laura driving home. Laura's driving. Laura drives. And I have a lot of questions about this. Why do they wait till they're 16? Like, they've been riding horses their whole life. Like, they can't man the carriage till they're 16 well, like you see what happens when nelly tries to ride a horse they could get married and have kids at 16 they can't drive earlier than that i don't know maybe it's because she's a woman maybe maybe so we see laura driving home and she has a small voiceover where she says she worked really hard that week but couldn't get the money and she also couldn't get almanzo wilder out of her heart oh boy now the ingles are sitting around at nelly's it's it's ma and pa and laura and they're counting their money, and they figure they have $60.15. Just then, Jen, Nellie brings out a pie, and Charles doesn't want it. And Pa's like, no thanks, I'm good. <laughs> and then Percival's like, no, it's okay. You can Don't eat it. Don't be scared. Eat it. Don't be scared. <laughs> so Charles, Which I feel seen. Mm-hmm, I feel seen. Mm-hmm. I would react that way if you brought me a pie. Yeah. I'd be like, oh. So they taste it, and they really like it. And they're talking about Nellie, and... Laura's like, holy shit, she's nice. What's happening here? And Carolyn's like, Percival's done wonders for her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Charles has some sick burn where he calls it temporary insanity. <laughs> <laughs> now, Laura tells Mom and Pa that she saw Almanzo in Sleepy Eye. And Carolyn's like, really? Did you see Pa perk up? He hates Almanzo <laughs> so much. Like, he's just automatically like, what do you say about me? <laughs> That was the best scene. Laura's like, we had an argument because he was talking shit about Pa. And Pa's like, what did he say about me? What did he say about me? 
And Laura's like, nothing bad. It's just the way he said it. So, whatever. She's like, I'm done with it. I can't deal with it anyway. I'm busy. Like, she's just busy. So, they leave, and Nellie and Percival say goodnight. And Nellie is all smitten with him. And once he leaves, she goes, goodnight, my prince. Wow. So funny. The next day in Sleepy Eye, we have a... I have an index card. (laughs) It's on Sleepy Eye. Oh, okay. Is Sleepy Eye a real place? Because, like, it has a funny name, kind of. Sleepy Eye is a real city in Brown County, Minnesota. So come come out as if you're in Brown County, Minnesota. (laughs) Go to Sleepy Eye and take a picture in front of the sign. (laughs) It takes its name from the Sleepy Eye Lake that was named after Chief Sleepy Eye, who was known as, quote, a compassionate person with droopy eyelids. Mm, Okay. The chief was one of four... The chief was one of four Sioux Native Americans chosen to meet President James Monroe in 1824. He later was an integral player in the ni- in the 1851 signing of the Treaty of Traverse de Sioux, which gave all of the land but a 10-mile swath on each side of the upper Minnesota River to the U.S. government. I, I can't. I can't. I can't. His recommendations led to the success- successful settlement of Mankato, away from the flood areas. And the chief eventually settled his people near the lake now known as Sleepy Eye Lake. Mm-hmm. Sleepy Eye was settled in 1872 and incorporated into a city in 1903. The 2010 census, 3,599 people. Oh, that's it? They have another claim to fame. Oh, no. Besides being known for Little House, Sleepy Eye also made national headlines in the early 1990s for trying to ban MTV in the city. <laughs> I thought that was interesting. Jenny, would Charles Ingalls be pro or against MTV? Against. I don't know, though, because I could see him being like, don't step on my rights. I can watch what I want. So is he a libertarian? I think he's a libertarian. Although there was that interview I showed you where he was like, kids watch too much TV. And that was like in the 80s. He's all religious. That's why I would think he would hate MTV. I don't know. I don't know. Do you remember that was a thing? Like, parents hated MTV. Because don't forget, that's not his thing. That's not his rights, because he doesn't want to watch it. That's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah. So, Almanzo's delivering some ice, and there is some chick hitting on him. (laughs) And she tells him, he got ice on her. He got some ice on my back, manly. And he's like, oh, let me rub it out for you. (laughs) Like, he's just clueless. Let me rub what? (laughs) Rub one out? What? So... He wipes her back off. And as we all know, guys, if you are remotely connected to someone and you even touch another person, that's cheap. Yes. That's cheap. Yeah. 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 So Laura's driving by and he's touching this other woman, just wiping her back off. And he's like, oh, hey, Beth, it's me, Manly. And Laura's like, fuck you, dude. And just keeps driving. Yeah, totally. <laughs> And I felt like she wasn't looking at the road, but thankfully horses have eyes. I love this driving Laura. Yeah. I love it. Yep. It's really cool. So Laura gets to the blind school and Wimpy is there and he's like, oh, hey there, little. Oh, wait, that's Almanzo. That's not his voice. He's like, God dang it. Hey, yo, little lady, Mr. Pram be here looking for you so once already. Like, I don't know what this is. Why do I have that the creepy murderer is tearing up? (laughs) (laughs) Was there, oh, because the blind kids arrive and they're praying and stuff, and he starts crying. God, super weird. Why are you calling him? The I feel like murder? I feel like if you came back to my notes like in ten years, 
and read them, you'd be like, what? What are you talking what about? What mental illness? <laughs> like, what breakdown was she having? So she tells him, hey, Mr. Prim, I only got six. Oh, no, wait. She tells Houston, wimpy. I only got 60 bucks. And he's like, that, that, then, dang, dang, that's okay. Because we're not, like, he doesn't even know how to okay. talk. <laughs> All right, that has to stop. That really has to stop. He tells her that Mr. Prim lowered the rent to $30 a month. So $60 for the two months is okay now. And he's like, there, there must be dang, dang, heart beating in there after all. Gen X pro tip. <laughs> if someone lowers your rent dramatically, be suspicious. It's just not what landlords do, right, Aim? You're a landlord. Gen you X just lower the rent? Gen X pro tip. If any business, corporation, man with money, woman with money, <laughs> gives you a break in some way, be suspicious. <laughs> Someone is blowing them on the other side of this deal. <laughs> Something's going on. <laughs> Something's going on. Okay. So Mary is at the blind school with Adam. The kids pull up Jenny. They're all like, the children are back. Blah, blah, blah. Adam's like, come on in and look around to a bunch of blind kids. Well, uh, they're always, <laughs> I mean, again, treading carefully because I don't know what the right thing to say here is. But I feel like would blind people, I guess if maybe you were somebody who was sighted and already had that in your vernacular, mm -hmm, you would mm -hmm. say that. Sure. Which he, I guess, was because mm -hmm. he lost his sight as a child. But mm -hmm. I feel like you wouldn't make that reference. You wouldn't be like, come in and see the place. No. Because no. you just wouldn't have that reference. No. So. He, or do they consider, like. Do they consider feeling around yes. seeing the place? Right. Yeah. Like, is seeing the place short for Does checking it, so it out? Does it have to be so literal? Does it have to be so literal? Right. Maybe. Or maybe we're going to get canceled. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, they, do you notice, Jenny, that Adam is emphasizing that it's made out of brick? Yes, totally. I'm like, he's like, it's safe. It's made out of brick. There's not going to be a fire that rages through here. Kids are all excited. And so the kids are all excited to be back together. And some chip, chi some chick is like, can we pray and thank God? And I think that's when Wimpy tears up. Okay. Okay. Later that night, Mary comes in to check on Laura. Now, I want to say something about Melissa Gilbert here. Melissa Gilbert, I love you. Okay. If you're listening, I love you. She doesn't listen to our podcast. Uh, you couldn't pull this scene out. Why? I, Jenny, she was trying to fake cry and it just was not working. There was not one tear coming down her face. I didn't, yeah. I just like Laura's crying herself to sleep again. No, it wasn't. Rewatch that scene. I'm telling you, it wasn't great. She's come a long way. I did like how she talked about how the saloon girl's shirt had no, had dress had no top or no bottom. She's it was crying. more like a belt. She's crying because Almanza was is with a saloon girl now, and now she knows it's over. This girl wasn't even wearing a dress. It's like a belt. And Mary's like, if he likes that trash, he's not worth it. And I'm like, whoa. Mary's like, if he likes that trash, he's gonna have syphilis. So like, whoa, can't get guys, him. let's not uh, paint this. I know, like he's not John Junior, Mary. And let's paint not paint this saloon girl with a syphilis brush, shall we? Well, like I just did. Yes. <laughs> He's, I mean, syphilis was rampant in those days. Yes, it this was. This is a known fact. Yes, it was. But I'm like, it's not John Jr., Mary. I feel like she was triggered. Oh, yeah. I think she was. You're right. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. So Nellie and Carolyn are in the kitchen back at Nellie's. And Nellie has made some bread and Carolyn's like, wow, that bread you made is really good. Yeah, Carolyn's like, when is the ceiling going to fall in on this? <laughs> Nellie says, you know, it's Percival. He deserves all the credit. He's such a good cook. Then they have this weird conversation where she's like, do short men like tall women? Okay, whatever. Well, and then Carolyn says, well, in Percival's case, he better start, like, figuring <laughs> right. that out. <laughs> Guys, he, in case you didn't know, he's short. Like, this is like, a big thing. He's really thing. not that short. How tall is that actor? I don't know, but he's not, like. He's not like four foot eight. No, no. So Percival comes in. She. Bottom line, there's a customer, the same customer we always see at Nellie's. Yeah, who's always like, trolling her. Who's like asking about bread and it's not hot. And she's like, I'll fucking warm it up. And she's going <laughs> to shove it in his mouth. And just then Percival walks in. I have to admit, I, lo- I kind of loved when she turned back into Nellie for a too. hot minute. I did too. I missed that Nellie. <laughs> so she comes over to Percival and she's like, bending her knees and trying to appear shorter and he's like you're making fun of me aren't you he thinks she's he's she's trolling him so he runs upstairs and the dude is like where's my bread and nelly whips it at him with the plate and everything plate at him and smashes on him Mm -hmm. that was amazing he falls off his chair (laughs) this guy keeps coming back to this restaurant (laughs) i know so then carolyn gets home and she's like oh is laura home i saw her car out front (laughs) (laughs) yeah totally (laughs) Totally. Laura came home to cry, and mm-hmm. Charles is loving it. Charles is like, I, I need to tell you, Carolyn. He's all, I told He's you so. This fucking Elmanzo. He has a girlfriend. <laughs> and then Charles plans to go to sleep. He had to beat his ass. I love it. No, wait, wait. Here's how I have it. He says it's a saloon girl and blah, blah, blah. And Carolyn's like, that poor child. And he's like, I told you she was a fucking child. And then Charles vows revenge on Elmanzo. No, and he's like, for this. 
He basically is like, I'm going to be there next week. I'm going to drop by and beat his ass. Like, yeah. Now, cut to Almanzo, who, let's review, simply touched another woman. Not even with his bare hand. He used a fabric and was cleaning something off of her. We have the Almanzo schleppen ice in the rain montage. I mean, this looks miserable. Mm-hmm. First of all, you have to grab that ice with the, like, pick and hold, try mm-hmm. to hold it. Mm-hmm. Like, what's that like? And that shit's heavy. I love how when he wanted the job, the boss man was like, oh, that's too much for you. Um, Have you seen life in this day? Like, <laughs> know, everybody right? does this shit. What's he going to do? Like, sit home and curl up and watch some Netflix with a hot cup of coffee? But you know what this reminded me of? Oh, no. I used to, I would injure my back like once every couple of years on the same thing. And it was those giant Mac Pro towers, the stainless steel ones. <laughs> Do you remember those computers? Yes. They were like these big, giant stainless steel. They were like 80 pounds. Yeah. Whenever I had to move that, I would throw my back out for like two weeks. And I feel like that's the same like position and like weight that you're in with that ice. I will probably be crying tomorrow because I moved my whole office around this morning to get a couch into it. So I have my office office at at work. work. I have now achieved my long-term dream, which was to get a a couch in my office. Nice. That's there. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. Thank you. All right. So um, now we see him heading over to the blind school and he's coughing. Jenny's coughing. Uh-uh. Were you triggered? Yeah, a little bit. He's looking for Wimpy, who's like, oh, boy, what you doing here tonight, dag damn it? I'm and like, Manly- he was unloading ice in the pouring rain. <laughs> now he's got COVID. Manly gives Wimpy the $20. So do you know I so did not... So what's the conversation put- between... Manly and, and Wimpy something. <laughs> hey, Mr. Wimpy, I got some money for you. Oh, hey, they name it that boy. They name it. <laughs> it's like that. You know what you sound like? Wait, is that King of the Hill? Yes. That has the yes. friend that yes. has the like, weird, blah, 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 that's blah, blah, what that sounds yeah. like. Yep, yeah. yep. So, Jenny, do you know I did not put two and two together? I did not know this deal had been made. Did you? What deal? That that Almanzo was going to put in the extra 20 bucks? Yes, we I already didn't talked know about this. You lit those words literally came out of your mouth. I know because I watched it, but when I was watching it, I didn't know that. What do you mean you didn't know it? Like when he lowered the rent, I thought he really lowered the rent. Oh fuck no! Why did I'm you think Almanza got the second job? I'm an idiot. <laughs> okay, Michael Landon pulled the wool over your eyes. <laughs> I just follow whatever he says. So Wimpy's telling him, yo, yo Dean, well, you got to get that, that cough <laughs> that check. That is totally d- king of the out. hill. That is totally that guy. <laughs> so then Almanzo walks out of the office and falls down the stairs. Falls down the stairs. <laughs> it was great. Oh, my God. Wimpy runs out yelling, Elmanzi, Elmanzi. He which, can't say his name. Okay, whatever. At the Ingles, it's looking real grim. It's kind of like the Last Supper, Jen. Laura won't eat. We have fucking She's Carrie moping. there. Carrie's even talking. She gets a speaking part. How much worse can this get? Laura runs from the table sobbing. And then we hear Pa's wagon pull up. Now I want to say something. Pa has scoop. I want to say something. Hmm. We have been witnessing the slow motion deterioration of Pa and Ma's marriage. What do you mean? We've talked about the weird tension between them. I disagree. She does not run out there to throw her arms around him it's, and hump his leg anymore. It's nighttime. I don't nighttime. care. I don't care. And she only does that when he's coming back from like a trip. Season two, Carolyn would have done that. Whatever. Okay. 
Paul's looking good, Jen. He's swaggering in. He's got his little top button open. His hair's all feathered. (laughs) (laughs) He gathers Laura and Carolyn together and tells them they were wrong about Manly. Turns out he's been working double jobs to make up the difference in the rent. And he's a very, very special young man who must have a lot of love for her. This is a quick turnabout. What about the saloon girl? (laughs) (laughs) What about the saloon girl, guys? I don't know. Then he says, listen, Manley's really sick. He has pneumonia and Wimpy's been taking care of him at the blind school. And Laura's like, I want to go to him, Pa. And Pa says, they will leave first thing in the morning. Okay. Next day, Laura and Pa arrive. And Wimpy tells them, oh, Doc, he's all burned up, blah, blah, blah. Doc had to send out for some ice, Jen. Oh, God. Pa's like, I'll go kick some ass over in the ice store and get in here a little faster. Can we discuss that getting packed in ice was a thing? Jenny, I have here, you you have been packed in ice. I've been packed in ice. (laughs) For those of you not following the podcast long term, Jenny as an infant was packed in ice and her little heart froze (laughs) and that part of her heart is still frozen so like even though her heart grew a little bit it's like 25 percent still frozen (laughs) and maybe that will happen to manly i don't know so she asks wimpy for love advice this is like like of all the people on earth (laughs) i mean it would be like wimp like Reverend Alden would be the only other person that I wouldn't ask. Yeah. I'd ask Wimpy before Reverend Alden. Dog, don't name little, little lord, little lady. Uh, you just sweating on a bit. I don't even know what he's talking about. <laughs> so back at Walnut Grove, Nellie and Percival are running some kind of test. She's cooking and he's standing there with the stopwatch. Wait, stop wait, wait, watch. wait, 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 wait. Can we discuss that Laura has another crazy old man BFF? <laughs> she does. She just can't get she enough. Does. It's been a while. It's been a while. And he's like, you have to talk to Almanzo's heart. And Laura literally leans on talks him to his heart. And talks into his heart. Don't think that's mm-hmm. what he meant. Mm-hmm. Back in Walnut Grove, Jen, Nellie and Percival have run in some kind of trial. I love it. Time I love trial. It. Speed cooking. She's cooking and he's standing there with the stopwatch. And she Can we discuss? Go ahead. What a fucking disaster this would be if I had to do this. I... Take that oh challenge my God. and I accept a, that challenge. It would be a fucking disaster. And it will happen next time you're in. I'm going to tell you. Because on the rare occasion that I can like actually cook something, I'm very slow. Yes. Like I can't do it fast. Yeah. So she finishes it and he tastes it and he's like, your food is excellent. And she's like, but I'm not as fast as Mrs. Ingalls. He's like, you will be in no, you time. never will be. You'll never be as fast as Carolyn. So then Percival breaks the news to her that he's leaving at the end of the week. Oh, my God. I was so sad for Nellie. Jenny, then he takes this delicious meal, puts it on the counter, and goes to bed. Well, I don't know how many. Like, they, this could have been the fourth meal tonight, you know? Oh, my God. The, but I feel like someone should eat this. It looked like ham, and mm, it looked like no, there were mashed no. potatoes. Oh, yeah. I'm all there. Okay, back at Love Story on Ice. <laughs> Love Story on Ice. Man, What's the music? Da, 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 no. Da. No, that's the Godfather. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Fuck, now I'm doing it. Okay, Manly is packed in ice just like Baby Jetty. I mean, I feel like they didn't have aspirin in those days, right? No. So why did, why was I packed in ice? We had aspirin in 1974. <laughs> Who knows, Jenny? He's gross, and let me tell you, he comes to, and he's shivering. 
Like he's literally packed. There's this ice all over him. As you do when you're packed in ice. <laughs> he's shivering and he has no idea where he is. And Laura thinks now's the right time to ask him why he's hanging out with the saloon girl. <laughs> I distinctly remember shivering. Okay. In ice. Okay. You were like six months old. I doubt it. Okay. So he explains he was not touching the saloon girl. And Laura's like, oh, okay. Again, could we have found a better time for this? He's like, I was not touching the saloon girl. I can't do it. Okay. <laughs> he says, I cannot quit you, Beth. And I'll wait for two years. I'll wait whatever it takes because there is no one in the world for me but you. I'm like, Laura's bringing up the other woman while he's sweating out pneumonia. <laughs> like, yeah, there could have been a better time for this. Okay, so now Laura voice tells us, voiceover tells us a week has passed and Almanzo was better and able to go home. He was still weak, but the danger was over. Now we see Laura and Manly getting in the wagon, wagon and Aunt Adam and Mary are thanking him. And he's like, it's the least a future brother-in-law could do. Don't worry about it. Laura yells goodbye to Wimpy and he's all touching the kids. Here's my, here's my question. <laughs> Did they do a background check on this dude? Oh my God, the same exact thing written down. I have, who did Wimpy's background check? <laughs> so um, he's like, I'll be you here. I got a family that needs a me. Okay. <laughs> Laura and Almanzo now start making out while driving. And he drives the horses into the general store. Uh, yeah, almost mm-hmm. to the front door. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. If that were a car, it would have been through the front of that store. Yes. Thank God horses are like, whoa. Yeah. Don't think you want to go this direction. Now we see Nellie crying. She's in her bedroom crying. And Harriet and Nels come in. And she tells them she's going to miss Percival because she loves him. And oh Harriet's like, you can't love him. He's too short. <laughs> you can't love him. He's short. And Nellie's like, I'm too tall. And then Harriet goes, don't blame me. Blame your father. His side is tall. And Nels goes, your mother's right. Her side's just fat. The fat shaming with Nels, man. Wow. Nellie is sobbing, and Nels tells her, look, go out and tell him you Just love him. Just go for it. Just go, go for, for it, it, dude. He's leaving. He's literally getting this out of the like, This is like Winoka Nels what, peeking through a little Winoka bit. Winoka Nels has the stance of Winoka Nels. He's like arms crossed, leaning yep, against the yep. doorway. He doesn't <laughs> give a fuck. All right. So she goes outside, and she just says, hey, Percival, I love you. Yep. Just throws mm-hmm. it out there. And he's like, uh, I don't know what to say. And she says, do you feel the same way? And he's like, yeah, I love you too. <laughs> then he walks over to her and he says, but I'm not getting any taller. And she says, I'm not getting any shorter. And he's like, will you marry me? Yeah. Back the, as, from love after lockup, as Deontay's mother would say, back the train up. <laughs> what is happening here? Who's back in a train up? Isn't it back the truck up? Yes. Who's backing a train up? I feel like that would be a big, complicated procedure. Then they start making out. It just comes out of nowhere. But can we discuss that the whole plan to get Nellie a husband with the restaurant worked? worked. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they tell her they're getting married tomorrow and it can be a church wedding. Or it can't be a church wedding because he's Jewish and Harriet's freaking out. I he's know. A, he's, a, he, he's, he's what? He's ju- oh Nels, he's Jewish, and Nels is like, "Shut the fuck up, dude." He's yeah, taking we're getting our rid of daughter. Nellie. Yep, we're getting yeah. rid of her. Yeah, and yep. Harry's like, "Uh, yeah, okay." Then she says, "I guess it's no worse than being short." Wow. Okay. Wow. 
bam, now they're getting married by Doc Baker. <laughs> cut, cut to the next scene. <laughs> so funeral director, doctor, marriage person. Where's Rev Alden? Uh, well, Rev Alden can't marry them because he's, uh, he's Christian. Yeah, but can't he just do it? Can't he just no, be a pastor? No. Okay, no, whatever. See, they, wouldn't, they wouldn't think of their marriage as legitimate. Oh, God. Yep. Nellie's wearing pink, and I wrote that she has a Lisa Frank bow in her hair. Remember Lisa Frank <laughs> yes, with all the shit all over yes. us? Harriet's crying, and everyone else just seems kind of stunned. Yeah. They're like, how are we here right now? Right. Then they start throwing rice on them. Jen, the amount of rice They're they like threw at them. They're them with rice. <laughs> it was alarming. Michael Landon went to the dollar store, Dollar General, and he's just like, give me all the fucking rice you got. Give yeah. me all that minute rice. Put it in the back of my You know it's minute caddy. rice. And it probably all like <laughs> cooked in the water on the ground. Nellie throws the bouquet and Laura catches it. And then Carolyn says to Charles, did you tell them yet? Charles is like, oh, I better go tell them. So he goes up to Manly and Laura and he's like, hey guys. And Manly's like, oh, hey, Mr. Ingalls. <laughs> and she's like, or he's like, I've decided to shorten the waiting period to one year. But that's my final offer. And then we get a shot of Grace, little baby Grace, making out with some toddler. What is this creepy toddler scene? <laughs> I was shook. And the toddler goes, I love her. It was weird. Real weird. Toddler, toddler did some better acting mm-hmm. than, than fucking Manly mm-hmm. or Carrie. Mm-hmm. So, Jenny, that's the end. Whose fault is this? So, we've had this this person's... this. This has been the fault of many of these episodes. This is the fault of unbridled capitalism. <laughs> How so? Because of the whole blind school. Like, they couldn't afford it. Almanzo had to work all these extra jobs. Because apparently, to be able to afford one, to rent one building, you need, like, ten adults working two jobs. Um, I'm blaming Manly. And in my ongoing series of how honest direct communication could have could have <laughs> avoided this, uh, all he had to say was, hey, Laura, why don't I work a few extra shifts and get you that extra money you need? Boom, done. Yeah. Boom, done. He didn't have to work himself to death. You know, nothing. Okay. Um, Jenny, at the end of every episode, we look back on a theme or a lesson or something we took from either the original or the rewatch. We call it our why. It's designed to finish the sentence. Gen X, this is why. Jenny, what's your why for this episode? This is why we thought that packing a motherfucker in ice could cure anything. <laughs> there was a lot of packing in ice. I feel like even in modern shows there was, which doesn't make any sense. Like, I get why you would pack, like, talking about my own traumatic experience that has impacted the rest of my life. Like, I get why you pack an infant in ice, because you can't really take an aspirin. Although, couldn't they just give me an injection of aspirin? I feel like we need to have a... Do we have to quiz mom about right, this? Right, we need to have a Patreon episode where we dive deep into your ice packing. <laughs> Why did they let me get packed in ice? I feel like in 1974 that was negligent. Oh, you're calling mom negligent? I hope no, she hears No, this. not mom, the doctor. <laughs> like... Why wouldn't they just give me aspirin? We had aspirin. Because your fever probably went too high that they couldn't it. was like it. it. was like 105 yeah, or something crazy. They, and they don't want you going into convulsions, so they have to do it quickly. So they packed me in ice. Yes. I'm sure they're not just I wonder if mom pe- has a picture of that. <laughs> oh, I, would I, want pay- a, I want a picture of that. I would pay money. Mom, if you have a picture of Jenny packed in ice, please send it to me. Please. 
All right. Um, I have, this is why we thought touching or going near any one of the opposite sex was a huge problem. Yeah. No, true. Like, the bullshit that Manly did to her, like, oh, hey, Beth, choose between me or your father. And it's this touching of this woman that is the nail in the coffin for him, not the ultimatum of choose yeah. between me and your father. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. Or the sick burn of, oh, I guess your dad was right. You're just a little kid. Like, how can she forgive him for all that bullshit? I don't He's know. Act- he, was, he was the one acting like a child. Yes. Yes. Oh, I hate him so much. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, it's the end of season six. Maybe he goes away. He doesn't. I know. I know. I was just kidding. When I wrote, what do they think they are? David and Maddie also wrote, who do they think they are? Josh and Reba? (laughs) I don't even remember what that, oh, from Guiding Light. All right, Jenny, why don't you tell everyone what we have coming up next? So we are going into season seven. Hooray, season six is gone. We're getting closer to when Edwards comes back, because that's all I care about. That's all we care about at this point. Um, So we're going to do the season opener, which is Laura Ingalls Wilder Part 1. Almanzo is eager to begin building a home for himself and his fiancée, Laura, on the piece of land he recently purchased. He hires a friend, Harve Miller, to assist with his crop and to help take care of Eliza Jane's house. Eliza Jane develops a fondness for Harve. Feelings might not be mutual. Meanwhile, Laura is offered a teaching job at a faraway school. I feel like we just keep recycling the same plots over and over again. And guys, this is what happened with Mary and John Jr., right? Yep. There are a bunch of episodes coming up that we're just not covering because they're not connected to anything. Well, and you know what I discovered, digging into them a little bit? What I had nothing to do the other night, apparently, is that they're scripts from Bonanza. That's why they have nothing to do with the with the story arc of Little House on the Prairie, because he just threw in some Bonanza episodes. Mimi Karen warned us of this in the Mimi She did. Remember? She She was like, he's reusing the Bonanza stuff. (laughs) And that's why, like, there'll be, like, story arc, story arc. Mm-hmm. And then three random episodes that have nothing to do with anything. Again. And then story arc, story arc. Again, if you've seen season one of Goliath, I feel like he is Donald Cooperman. He's in a dark room. <laughs> He's just calling the shots. There's PAs running all over the place. I don't know. I don't know what's happening. He dialed in a couple episodes of clearly, season seven. Clearly. Yeah. All right, guys. So thanks so much for listening. If you want to support the show, please leave us a five-star review. We love getting reviews. We've gotten a few of them lately, and we want to thank everyone who took the time out to do that. And uh, check out our Patreon, where we're throwing out some bonus content. We're doing Golden Girls over there. We did The Last Comet, and we're going to be um, announcing our March movie pretty soon. So we, we have to make sure we can get it first. Right? right? We always do that. We get everybody excited about a movie, and then, like, no one can get it on Earth. So all those links are in the show, note, show notes. We also have some new merch Jenny made some yes. new merch that says what? Trust no one. Trust no one. Trust no one. Guys. Well, I had to, I had to get us into the Tumblr culture. Yeah, we're in Tumblr. Apparently, culture. that's a thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jenny didn't realize as I, that. as I learned over COVID Christmas, Tumblr culture is a thing. She came to my house, and my teenage daughters have eighty-five tumblers. They got some for gifts. Then we were shopping for them. There's like a four hundred tumblers. Yeah. I don't know. Well, look. Yes, they're all over the place. <laughs> they're all over the place. I have a Yeti. All right, guys, so thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you soon.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.